Hello and welcome back to the Marvellous Cinema Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Matthew. And I am your local horse, Henry. And this week we're back to talk about films that should have sequels, or films mm. that could have sequels, or films that maybe could have sequels. <laughs> Just films in general. <laughs> yep, film sequels in general. <laughs> um, if you haven't already, go check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We do reviews and the thought on there. We, we You can interact with us. Mm-hmm. We post thoughts and random reminiscences. Is that the right word? <laughs> I think so. I mean, mm-hmm. said in the wrong language, maybe. But... <laughs> maybe, maybe. Who knows? Well, yeah, you can check us out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram is at Marvelous Cinema Podcast and Twitter is at Cinema Marvelous. Mm-hmm. And without any further me rambling, <laughs> let's crack on. Mm-hmm. So... Where would you like to start? Um, I think for me, I'm going to go for, I think, a pretty obvious one that everyone kind of wants to see, but I'm going to add a little twist to it. Um, I'm going to go for The Nice Guys, um, the the Shane Black movie with uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, this movie is perfect, <laughs> The Nice Guys. <laughs> However, and it's being like, I think everyone... That's what it wants some sort of sequel to it. I think it's very much a Shane Black uh, thing that he makes some great movies that never get sequels that definitely should. Um, other than Predator, we'll ignore that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think The Nice Guys has a really great potential of being a genuinely quite unique and interesting franchise and uh, a modern day kind of buddy cop series like Lethal Weapons, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the twist I want to add to the sequel um, is combining two uh, two Shane Black movies into one mm-hmm. and having it be at the same time as being a sequel to Nice Guys have it be a sequel at the same time to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang oh hello yeah with Robert Downey Jr. Val Kilmer um, I think it would be really great if they managed to find a way to combine the nice guys with um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, I just I think that's be a great like quartet, I guess you could call it, <laughs> of characters. Um, the big problem here, of course, is the fact that the nice guys is a period kind of nineteen uh, seventies uh, affair. So, <laughs> and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is like early two thousands. So, <laughs> obviously, there's a big problem there. Mm-hmm. However, just put Ryan Gosling in old man makeup. And maybe kill off Russell Crowe, I guess, because he is—he's <laughs> kind of old anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Russell Crowe's fans everywhere will be applauding that decision. So essentially, what I'm asking is just Robert Downey Jr. and Ryan Gosling in the movie together. So that's <laughs> what about Val Kilmer. There's a problem with that, and I think it's he unfortunately very recently <laughs> um, had very unfortunately uh, uh, had a, a, a some sort of fraud cancer, I think. So he's, uh, I think, oh. just re- I think he's just recovering. I think I think he's completely fine now. I think he is, um, but I think he's just recovering. I don't think he's acting at the moment. Uh, oh, I, I, had, I had no idea about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm so... very sorry. That's very very offensive. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, I just, I think, I think as I'm going along with this idea, it's becoming very much just Ryan Gosling and Robert Downey Jr. and Jimmy <laughs> Um Well, who wouldn't want to see that? I mean, that's a great pairing when you think about it. That's like. If you get Shane Black writing a good script, one of his, you know, good ones, not as bad ones, um, and having them two together, I think 
a nice guys slash kiss kinks bang bang esque sequel it's a really great idea um well i i think that shane black is a guy that has pretty much i don't want to say perfected but near perfected the whole two mates who bicker <laughs> and get stuff done because you know all the famous ones that a lot of the famous ones you can think of do come from him. Like you mentioned, Lethal Weapon, Riggs and Murtaugh. Perhaps the, the ultimate madman and a sane man <laughs> yeah. combo. You have nice guys. You have Kiss Kiss Bang Bang where you have, you have RDJ and Val Kilmer. And then you also have Iron Man 3 where you have RDJ and Don Cheadle. Yeah, like even a movie that wasn't necessarily a buddy like a buddy movie. Um, it ended up being at some point a buddy movie by the end. <laughs> so you find a way to put it in. Um, also, he wrote the script, or at least partially wrote the script for the, uh, the original Predator film, which is an assortment of characters that are pretty iconic. Um, mm, that's true. So, usually more than not, you can just meld different, wildly different characters together and make it work. Um, so, Nice Guys should definitely get a sequel, whether it's <laughs> my very weird idea of combining <laughs> it with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which doesn't really work anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, the weird time travel version. I mean, I, I would believe time travel in that in those universes. Because <laughs> it is kind of a bit wacky to begin with anyway, just the entire premise of it. Mm-hmm. You could you... pull like a Life on Mars thing and just, you know, mm. have Robert Downey Jr. get hit on the head or something and ends up yeah in the weird <gasps> 60s version of on weird 70s reality <laughs> involving Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. You could create like a Shane Black, like a Tarantino-esque Shane Black universe. Oh my god, that would be you have like You have like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang exists in like the the real world, hmm. and then you have the Nice Guys, the Nice Guys sequel, which of course, you know, you can take credit for, and maybe <laughs> Iron Man 3 and Predator all in this imaginary universe. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I imagine at some point, Sam Black has put in some sort of reference to a previous film in his other films. Therefore, mm. it could, in retrospect, it could be like, oh, it's all in the same universe, like Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though it probably wasn't. But, <laughs> um, an R-rated Pixar. Yeah, yeah, an R-rated, very, very weird Pixar. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my... I think that's one of my favourite ideas that I've had that doesn't work. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my idea. Do you want to do one? Well, to no, I really like that one. <laughs> I do as well, but <laughs> I don't think it'll ever happen. The <laughs> uh, do, do you want to move on? Uh, yeah, yeah. I have. Um, what do I go with? I'm going to go with the one that you've actually just reminded me of. Oh, okay. Um, I've completely forgotten about it, which you know, I'm ashamed of myself for forgetting about it. <laughs> which is kind of cheating because it's one that we sort of might be getting. Hmm. It's not confirmed, but people, the people involved have said they want to do another one. And that is a sequel to Knives Out. Oh, okay. Spoons In. <laughs> Spoons In, yeah. yeah I, I, I want it to, 100% want it to be called Spoons In. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just think... I think we might even have talked about it. I think we talked about it when we talked about... I've said talked about a lot in that sentence. <laughs> when we referred to... Mm. Uh, when we with the characters, I think you mentioned Bernard Blanc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As somebody like could be a modern Poirot, mm. and that's something I'm really interested to see because this guy's proper 
eccentric, and Daniel Craig is clearly having the time of his life playing him. <laughs> uh, I just like the idea of getting Daniel Craig in his detective over and over again, and just getting all out big star casts. Yeah, I mean, because now, because now that has you know you have a lot of big names in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you could you could just as easily do. We'll sort of do it again with it with a similar big name cast. There are enough actors out there. It's very much a, a character you can just plug in to any kind of story, really. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, and you, you could say that um, it's very similar to any other case of people making these mystery films. Like you've got the Kenneth Branagh doing Death on the Nile, mm. follow on from Murder on the Orient Express. But I feel like this is very different because this is all original. Yeah, it's all, and it's also not a uh, typical, uh, at least Knives Out wasn't, it wasn't like a typical murder mystery, I guess. It was more like a Columbo episode <laughs> where yeah, you follow was. the killer. It was that Columbo episode that turned into Midsummer Murders. Yeah, it mixed the two very well. <laughs> yeah, it did. It was like, a, it was both, and it did it brilliantly. But yeah, I think the, the previous film, Knives Out, did a brilliant job of having a film that was both fun and felt fun, like you could enjoy watching it. Hmm. And as well, it felt meaningful. <laughs> yeah, it has like actual themes and like meaning behind the main character being not from the country and also kind of being the only good person in the story. <laughs> hmm. um, there's that great scene where that the entire family's like arguing over immigration and stuff like that, and it's just one of the most like cringy, like Ah, I hate these people so much. It's like uh, seeing. It's yeah. your typical, we're not racist people, but we're actually a little bit racist. Yeah. It's like, I'm not racist, but. <laughs> yeah. It's like any sentence that starts with that mm. is going to result in a racist comment. Yeah. It's just the worst characters, but also a great film. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's, that's sort of the first one that. First one that's uh, got on my list. Do we know anything about the actual sequel that is happening? All we sort of know is that, I, I don't know if it's been greenlit or not, oh. as far as I'm aware, Ryan Johnson's doing it and Daniel Craig wants to come back. I mean, I think oh. Daniel Craig is having really like good fun. <laughs> mm. It's a good mm. time to be Daniel Craig. It is no time to die for him, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly, it's like, he's sort of, he's had the success of Bond, mm. all things are currently pointing to him maybe going out with a bang. Yeah, I mean... There's nothing really... I never really heard a bad word about this new film, aside from the fact that we're not going to see it for just four years. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and I feel like you've got a case where Daniel Craig is hes turning into quite a good character actor. Mm, yeah. Like if you see a lot of the stuff he has been in, they've been, they haven't been they haven't been the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Joe Bang from um, Logan Lucky. I was, I, was, yeah, I was about to suggest that. That's quite an out-there character, and as is, as is Benoit Blanc. Yeah, and it's... You know, I mean, imagine at the same time as playing James Bond and being iconic for that, you also get out of that typecasting by just <laughs> being like a, a murder mystery detective that's completely opposite of James Bond. Hmm, yeah. You, you've, reached that, you've reached that weird thing that a lot of actors get to where he's made his name and he's he is, he is a big name. Mm-hmm. And he can sort of pick what he wants now. Yeah, he can do what he wants. <laughs> for, for a while at least. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if he picks a load of bad ones and he's back, 
you're, you'll be seeing him in Skoda adverts before long. He's, he's back in the dumpster. <laughs> yeah. Doing Robert De Niro kind of... <laughs> like that like car advert. I don't know if... I think, I think it might oh. be a British thing. Yeah. The car advert where he sort of rocks up dressed in... Trendy clothes. Yeah, you're trendy with, with inverted commas. Whenever that advert comes on, I it's, it reminds me a lot of that... Um, do you know that um, Al Pacino advert in... Um, uh, Jack and Jill, the Adam Sandler comedy. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of that, but it's actually real. <laughs> it's crazy to me. <laughs> Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, have you got another one to move on to? Uh, yeah. Um, so for my next one, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna go for a pretty. I think it's another pretty obvious one that everyone kind of wants to see. Um, I'm gonna go for Hellboy Three by mm-hmm. Gil. Del Toro. Yeah, um, that's that's on my yeah, that's on my list. Because it's not just like a we want more movies that are good from this franchise. It's also kind of like the second movie had a whole uh, premise that was kind of like at the end saying the next movie is going to be about this, <laughs> and then it never happened. <laughs> um, yeah, you find a lot of films which end with let's go and do this, and also the name of a different storyline, and it's effectively mm. like winking at the camera. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, it's kind of a, what, what do you call it? Murder or Express did at the end. At some point, a character that says to Poirot, he just says, there's been a death on a Nile. <laughs> 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 and then everyone in the audience goes, <gasps> and then we go, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, it really kind of gets on my nerves that that film ends so, so well. And it's, it's just a weird kind of, odd blockbuster that was well and truly the like well and truly like a full-on del toro uh take on this universe and no one went to see it really mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah it was a real shame yeah and from that we got one of your most hated films i don't like it either but you really hate it um, yeah i hate her hellboy remake yeah it's i not... i accept david harbour and i think he, he tries mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. shit it is terrible. It really is. <laughs> it's it's the most, and I'm. It's I've seen some pretty edgy things in my lifetime, especially, <laughs> especially like with some some of my friends. Shout out the James and Matchett. We've watched some pretty terribly edgy. I mean, just that uh, DC Titans show uh, with Ooh. Robin in it, who says "fuck Batman" after killing like ten people. Um, me and me and James watched that for like a good four episodes, and we could not carry on it was so cringy and so over the top and uh, there's always like this weird blue tint on it like that's so that's so anything the blue tint mm, the horrible blue yeah mm. it's just yeah <laughs> it's really terrible and it it has that sheen of just like some you were it, it's like when you're 14 and you need emo phase and it's like when you wrote a script for Batman during then, and Batman's like <laughs> just killing people for no reason other than it looks really just, in your mind. It's really cool. Um, that's Hellboy re- remake. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Hellboy three could really be something special with such like because Del Toro has gotten more and more experience of big blockbusters with a Pacific Rim um, and Ship of Water being kind of a blockbuster, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, all kind of big budget affairs, and he's just getting more confident and more. You know, respected by everyone around him. Yeah, like... he's he's a, he's a name that's you know he's he's quite 
recognised by people in studios that they are going to give him money now. Yeah, he's kind of like a, a he's kind of like a Nolan sometimes. He's kind of like a um, the studio will just do whatever he wants because it's the name <laughs> or anything else. Mm. Um, I yeah, he also seems like a really nice man. Oh yeah, he's lovely. I watched so many interviews with him. Oh, there's this great interview once where he's talking to Ryan Gosling, and it was like Ryan Gosling's first film that he ever directed. And apparently, it's I mean, from what I've read, it's all right. It was kind of like a indie little film that didn't really get that much attention. Um, but he was just like talking to him for like an hour about his Ryan Gosling's new film that he directed, and it was just he was so lovely. <laughs> he was so nice to him, and he was. Ah, uh, it was it was the best, and his accent is so cool as well. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I remember but... his. I can't remember. It was when Shape of Water won at the Oscars. Mm. I can't remember if it won because I, I think I think he won won two things. But it were, I can't remember what they were. But I remember one of his speeches was really lovely. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I could imagine he just. I'm thinking one of the BAFTA, like the best picture in the BAFTAs. I think. Maybe. Might be yeah, wrong. I think he won Best Director for Shape of Water, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And they, I think that's where the meme comes from, where he says, I believe in cinema. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, everyone uses that. Like, for the new Godzilla vs. Kong trailer, everyone just puts, I believe in cinema. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is great. I love that mm. so much. Um, but yeah, yeah, Hellboy 3. I mean, for people that don't know, I probably should mention it. Like, the, the second film does kind of have like a somewhat of a cliffhanger of Hellboy comes back to life, but at a cost of like he will probably destroy the world for sure. Mm. Um, just the whole like really cool looking demon says. Um, yeah, you're the most just... most Guillermo del Toro looking monster you've ever seen. It's yeah, it's the most <laughs> like it's like a, a real costume. That, I think Doug Zorn's is probably in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and it's like really like a massive like winged beast beast, and his eyes aren't where it's meant to be, um, which is a. Like, uh, del Toro kind of staple I guess like the eyes are never where they're meant to be <laughs> um, but yeah Hellboy 3 just make it at some point you know <laughs> given uh, given trends we've seen recently do you think it will at some point get made uh, um, I don't know I don't know who's the studio behind those films because should I have a look yeah if it's like a universal then probably not <laughs> um mm. if it's sony definitely not <laughs> mm. because um. it's also it's something that i think probably i i would say probably won't now yeah mainly because i mean i'm sure ron perman would be up for it mm. but he's any he, i think he's in his 60s now yeah i think he is yeah and um selma blair is ill, I think. She has um, she has MS. Oh, okay. Oh, that's sad to hear. Hmm. I think she's still working. I th- yeah, because I never... I think I saw her recently, I was like, oh, it's the person from Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's still working. She's just not doing as much. She's in... Um, I, can't, I can't remember the story behind it, but you know that... that, that, that um, rom-com after thing mm, no. it's based on a trilogy or something i don't know if this is the one but i think it's the one that's based off the harry styles fan fiction 
Wait, what? <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. I might be talking up my arse here. That was a weird sentence. <laughs> I never heard of this Harry Styles fan fiction movie. What? Yeah, there was a film. Is there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've gone down one hell of a rabbit hole here. It all <laughs> started with what studio made Hellboy, and now we're looking at... Um, Harry Styles fan fiction, the movie. <laughs> Starring... <laughs> What is happening? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I've, I've I've got an article <laughs> from Stylecaster. <laughs> How Anna Todd's Harry Styles fan fiction became a best-selling book and now a movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> Anna Todd. Anna Todd is she's she wrote she wrote a book and then the book got made into a film, and the film did well enough to get mm. um, a sequel made. Oh okay. Um, the critics hated it, by the way. Oh, it was like a. It wasn't an actual <laughs> like film film. This is one of those things where it gives me a little bit of hope that like you can just you can just half ass it. You can, <laughs> you can make it. <laughs> hey, we're fine, you know. Anyway, it's right. yes. Do on your phone. What was the question? Oh, I don't know anymore. Hellboy. <laughs> Hellboy. Right. Go back. Here we go, Hellboy. <laughs> no, not 2019. Get the fuck away from me. That was 2019? No, the remake was. It was... I didn't even know that. I thought it was like 2015, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah, because it's 2021 now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. I forget this. I forget it so much. <laughs> Dark Horse Entertainment, Hellboy uh, 2... Universal. Yeah. Yeah, they're a studio that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, tick them off the list. Um, I mean, they're the people that have the rights to the Hulk and they won't let them make a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though he's literally in the biggest movie of all time right now. Anyway, where were we? <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Hellboy's free. It'll get made at some point uh, in 20 years' time. Hopefully. Yes. Um, shall we move on? <laughs> yeah, we can move on. Um... So I'm, I'm going to suggest an unusual one, which came to be based on like one kind of idea, mm-hmm. and it's it's a Tarantino film. Oh, okay. You know, pe- people say what they want about Tarantino. Where mm. do we stand on him? I like his films. I don't love him <laughs> as a person. I think I think I'd agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. He's only really done sort of the two, the one sequel, which is to Kill Bill. Yeah, he always says that that counts as one film, which kind of. Mm-hmm. One one that I think it'd be interesting to see, too, regardless of all the theories about their in universes and one's real, one's not. Mm. I would kind of like to see something following Inglorious Bastards. Oh, okay. My thinking I behind this is that that film has. Quite a significant departure from reality. Yeah, so it makes us all universe. <laughs> um, and it's also one of the few Tarantino films where you have both the sort of the main character and the villain survive. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Which is really weird. Um, mm. Also, it's really weird to me that the guy that one of the guys that co-created The Office is in it. <laughs> Is it? The American office. Uh, BJ Novak. 
Oh, yeah. BJ Novak is also in the mix Spider-Man 2. Is he? <laughs> yeah, for, a, for a, like a hot minute. It's... Because that film was filled with comic characters that never, you know, came back because it got cancelled. But mm-hmm. he was um, the... I want to say Alexander Smythe character. who's like a... He's like a very C-list villain. <laughs> um, yeah. I recognise the name. Hmm. Yeah. Alexander. It's like a. I think he's in like a wheelchair, but it's also like a robot wheelchair. <laughs> because it's Marvel, so why not? Yeah, I vaguely remember the. It's one of the pictures of him in an animated TV TV show. I, <laughs> yeah, he was. He was a big character in the nineties TV show. Yeah, I. I kind of recognise him, but I I couldn't yeah. tell you anything about him. Mm. Anyway, stop. <laughs> back to my... <laughs> We're back. Um, so yeah, I I think it'd be really interesting to see something in this reality which obviously departs departs from the real world, and that Hitler is brutally murdered in a theatre. The best way to go, really, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> and just to see what the world or what kind of world you could create in that environment it's not like a mm. massive thing I don't think you could I don't think you could make a, make a franchise out of it or anything like that but I just think it's something that would be interesting to see what about a trilogy where kind of the same main characters Brad Pitt and uh, the guy that plays a villain I guess Lander. <laughs> There we go. Um, whatever you have a trilogy of those characters, and they each film kill a historic, historically bad person, <laughs> and each film just make, goes up the ante and just makes it a bit more dramatic and a bit more like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. <laughs> um, I would be sort of for that. <laughs> Something sort of special assassination task force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Anyway, that, that's all well, I really have for that. I think the problem, though, would be that uh, Tarantino... I think his next film's going to be his last one, if that's if his plan is to do 10 films and then leave. Mm, yeah, I keep hearing that, but I'm I'm thinking that might not be the case. I don't, yeah, his reasoning is very odd, and I kind of get it. He might want to have a life outside of films and just produce, maybe, but, and like, you know, have a family or something. <laughs> you know, do life stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but also, like, his reasoning is that he always keeps on saying is that directing is a young man's game. And when I think about directors, they're always in, like, the 50s and 60s. And <laughs> they're never young, almost. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody really directs, a, like, a proper feature film until they're in the late 30s, at the least. Yeah. And even then, like, you don't become, like, a, an iconic, even somewhat remotely famous director unless you're, you know... You, I think Chris Nolan's, like, in his 50s now. Yeah. Um Steven Spielberg, he was, I guess he's a, a exception to the rule. But a lot of directors you think about, they're, they're old. Scorsese, <laughs> mm. them, them kind of people. Even yeah. like if even when you have like a, a new up-and-coming filmmaker, mm. I don't mean to imply that if you're in your 30s, you're, you're old. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah. You're, 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 yeah, you are what you are. <laughs> but it's it's certainly not old. But if you think about a lot of people who you, you think are up and coming, they are mm. generally around the forty mark. That's what I always think. Yeah, because 
and like I said, that's not old. But if you think about that, that's generally the age where you might have kids, or like mm. you might have a ten-year-old or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Which is and like, yeah. I think that's what's so weird about kind of the new Hollywood system. That I think I kind of think Marvel kind of kind of started with hiring like um, indie directors that only made like one or two films. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're kind of seeing a weird kind of difference happening only very recently where we're having Spider-Man Homecoming directed by a guy that made like two films. Um, and, you know, like it's it's weird that uh, that's the new rule to making to making films because if you go to like the... When you get to comic book genre in like the 2000s was always kind of like you would wait until you hear who the director is and then make a judgment of whether or not it's going to be good or not. Mm-hmm. Like... Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi was like a, a big get back then and Chris Noel even back then was also kind of a big get um, um, but like you know you would get your Daredevils directed by Stephen I want to say like Stephen Knight or something like that who's like again like a what we get now quite a lot was as a indie director who's only made like one or two films mm-hmm. so it's weird that you know the new norm in the blockbuster system is kind of just getting up and coming directors are kind of just, you know, barely getting this to the start. <laughs> um, it's naked blockbuster. It's weird, but I guess it's working. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm, yeah, it's... Yeah, it... Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's weird that his reason for retiring would be... would be age. I mean, obviously, if, if he does have a family, then that's something that's very understandable. Mm, but if you look yeah. at people like Martin Scorsese... <laughs> or any of the ones people loft as the greats, they're still going. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Martin Scorsese bashed out a 15-hour film only a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Spielberg is still making a film every year, it feels like. <laughs> mm, he's making the West Side Story film, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so weird that, you know... I mean, because I keep on seeing... I think it's really funny as well, Martin Scorsese, when you think about him and his... Um, when you see him on Instagram, because <laughs> of his, uh, I think it's like his granddaughter maybe that's like putting him up quite a lot, and it's like a, it's like a, it's he's like a normal granddad, but at the same time he made Goodfellas and <laughs> it's so weird. Um, yeah, your 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 granddad made some of the most influential gangster films in the nineteen seventies, eighties, and nineties. Yeah, yeah, he's also <laughs> sat in the corner in a rocking chair. Yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. And he's quite, he's quite trendy as well. Like, what he wears is quite, like, a, I don't know. I don't know how old he is exactly, but very trendy for a, an older man. Martin. Yeah, he's probably in the 70s, maybe. Score. Sazy. <laughs> he is... Oh, it's not got an age on IMDb. 1942, so that is... 15... 80. He's 80. Jesus. No, Christ. no, no, he's... 78. Hmm, okay. I think. So he's quite... Yeah, 78. Because I've got a granddad who's in his 80s, and it's amazing me to think about him making a film right now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what's, uh, what's he listed as? Director. Um, so he's supposed to be directing... Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, yeah. I heard that name quite the a lot. The Devil in the White City. Okay. Roosevelt. <laughs> Who knows? 
Also, did I <laughs> do I remember this rightly? Mm. In that wasn't he something to obviously I know everyone says that it's heavily influenced by films like Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. But was he involved in Joker at some point? I yeah, I think he I don't know. I I remember for the longest time thinking he was directing it. <laughs> yeah, so did um, I. For some reason I seem to I seem to remember he at least it was said that he was at least producing it. He was yeah, he was I think he definitely had a I don't know, like he made it happen in some way. <laughs> um yeah. I think maybe Todd Phillips like met him at a party once. <laughs> and that's how that happened. But was, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it was an interview that's really, really funny. Um and I know we don't really I personally don't really agree with because there's his comments about Marvel and whatever not being cinema, mm-hmm. but this is an amazing interview. Uh, like directors, directors roundtable, Todd Phillips and Mark Scorsese on the same table, mm. and Todd Phillips is going on about how Marvel don't make real films or whatever, and he's talking about how Joker is like a real film, mm-hmm. like serious art and whatever, and then Mark Scorsese, he Todd Phillips totally thinks will like back him up. Mark Scorsese goes, you know, I don't even really count Joker as a real film. <laughs> 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 and it's kind of like an, it's just like an amazing like twist where you can you can feel a top of its heart break in a second. <laughs> um, it's hilarious and I love it so much. And as someone who's kind of iffy on Joker, it's I God, it's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, ever, I have to look for about, that. That sounds great. We ever talked about your opinion on Joker on this podcast? On the podcast, I know it's been put in a review. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think I've ever talked about it on here, which kind yeah. of fits with the topic because there are constantly rumors of a sequel. I would hate. I hate that idea so much. So do I. <laughs> I mean, like you said, I'm. I'm not keen on this film. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I would go as far as to say that. I really don't like it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, it's you recoil at the, the name of it. <laughs> it. It's a case of like when I first saw it, I was sort of like, I'm not overly, I, I don't really like it, but I appreciate the craft mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And on rewatch, that kind of changed because I still appreciate mm. like, the cinematography and the detail that went into it. The acting from Joaquin Phoenix is great. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the, the way that Gotham's created is, is phenomenal. But other than that, you know, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm loath to slate it because I know a lot of people do like it. Mm, yeah. But I just think it's so hollow. And one thing I, 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 I keep saying is that people like how it was written. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite poorly written. It's it, it's ham-fisted in some ways. Yeah, it's, it's really quite... contradictory. And one of the best things I can say is there's there are several scenes which are genuinely cringy. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is some of them. Yeah, and it perhaps, perhaps the worst thing. And I, I've heard this said on uh, one of the other podcasts I listened to, the Weekly Planet. I think it was said when they reviewed, reviewed it on there. Mm. Which is that it goes it goes from subtly building up this character to be the Joker and you're thinking, yeah, here we go. And then the next scene it just bang on tells you what you've just seen. The best example <laughs> being we watch this two hour film about this man losing his mind, and for some reason, mm. some baffling reason, 
we have to sit through some monologue at the end explaining it all. And I'm sat there thinking, <laughs> I know, I've, I've watched you do it. <laughs> I don't yeah, need you to explain it to me. Yeah, it's a... Yeah, it has so many weird things. I think my biggest weird thing about it is, unlike a film like Taxi Driver or even like... I had a really good example in my mind there, but I forgot it. Um, but some moments in that film that are really like, am I meant to be siding with the Joker here? Like, am I meant to be... I get kind of understanding where he's coming from. I get that. I don't understand why the film is playing a pop song during his dancing down the stairs after murdering someone really brutally. I don't understand these choices being made. <laughs> um, so weird. It's just a weird film that... Mm. Again, I, yeah, it's just... I think I had that... I still have that the th- opinion that you had on your first watch, which was, I think it's fine, but I kind of respect that it got made more than anything else. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I think one of the benefits to it is that the fact uh, whether whether it actually works as a character study is kind of irrelevant in that <laughs> a film with the intent of making a character study got made mm. and it was successful, which I think is a good thing. Mm. It's helping pave the way in a way for the Batman, which we're getting from, um, I've forgotten the director's name. Uh, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. Yeah. Thank you. And I like the idea of doing these maybe smaller things where you focus on an individual character and really dive deep. I like the idea. Mm-hmm. I just think it wasn't done very well. Yeah, it's a good idea, but not the best mm-hmm. execution. <laughs> um, mm. It's also hard for me to take it somewhat seriously when you know that people, I don't know, it kind of, as a film, I know the fact that it got made and the fact that everyone calls it a serious film, it kind of implies that the genre of comic book movies or even the genre of action movies can't be uh, an art form in itself. Um, yeah, it's a bit of an insult to say that about Joker. Yeah, I think. it's like saying Spider-Man 2 or Wonder Woman 84 or The Avengers aren't really great films because they include the genre that it is actually meant to be. <laughs> um, it's just a weird idea that because your film is inside a genre, it can never be anything more than just uh, you know entertainment I guess is what people can call it I guess Hmm. don't like that idea (laughs) and also I find I find a little bit of what's said by certain people about it to be rather contradictory in that you see a lot of the time particularly with Star Wars and Marvel people say that they don't like the agenda Hmm. yet and, and and they say it like they object to there being an agenda. Yeah. Yet they're praising this film, which has one of the most plainest agendas I think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Just a... Yeah. And on top of, on top of sequels, no. <laughs> we don't want a sequel from this. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if, if you were to make a sequel to, to Joker... It would be, <laughs> for me, it would be a complete insult to the very last thing that's making me like this film. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is, yeah. It's like, in my mind, Joker is hanging by a thread. Mm. And you've got a big old pair of scissors with the word sequel written on them. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, mm. my God. Because, well, if you make a sequel, like you said that Todd Phillips was saying how he doesn't think that the Marvel films are 
a cinema or whatever. Mm-hmm. By making one or two sequels, you're turning it into the something that Marvel have. Yeah, yeah, you're making it into a cinematic universe. Especially if you want to do like, oh, it's going to be our really uh, grounded take on Lex Luthor. Well, now you're just doing what Marvel's doing, but all suddenly because it's a bit serious and, uh, you know, realistic in tone and aesthetic. Also, that makes it actual art or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, mm. That's just bullshit. <laughs> uh, God damn it. <laughs> anyway. Do I move on? <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <laughs> we're on a rabbit hole there. <laughs> um, I think we're on to, to one of yours, I think. I think so, yeah. Uh, what, what even was the last thing? Oh, Inglorious Bastards. Yes, yeah, all right. So yeah, it's one of yours. How yours. did we get to that? Anyway. Um, um, yeah, but <laughs> uh, I think a sequel that I would really love to get made, but a really depressing uh, sequel. I don't want it to be in the same tone as the first movie. I want it to be really kind of subversive. I kind of want oh, to what have... a surprise. <laughs> I want to have a sequel to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Which is... Um, okay. <laughs> have you seen this one? I probably have. Um, okay. It's... I think mean, it's pretty uh, a popular film. Everyone at least seen yeah. it once. And they have... It's pretty straightforward. Very well written. John Hughes. I think it's John Hughes. Yeah, I was going to say it's John Hughes. Yeah. It's very much a, a charismatic lead character who is, you know, the epitome of, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, ah, oh, fuck the school rules, I'm going out. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it's a really good movie and I do really enjoy it. It's like from some of the implications of how crazy Ferris Bueller actually is. Um, <laughs> but I would really love a sequel to this film with Matthew, Matthew Broderick and the original cast in some way. Um, and obviously how it be like a midlife crisis sort of thing. Um, but I mm-hmm. want it to be just not what you're expecting from a 80s comedy sequel made 30 years later. <laughs> um, mm. I don't want it to recreate the tone. I don't want it to recreate the story, but, you know, 20 years later, 30 years later. Um, I want it to be a really depressing movie about Ferris Bueller with his actual family and how he's, you know, chained down to a pretty ordinary life. <laughs> um I want him to reconnect with the main characters from the first film and have like a a weird thing where they kind of actually talk about what happened in the first film and kind of give it a, a different edge where it's kind of like, well, Ferris, you kind of fucked my life over when you got that car out the window and I had to go to my dad and explain it and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> I would really love yeah. it if it just got... Like, you know how there's this running joke in the film where everyone thinks Ferris Bueller's dying, but it's just him taking a day off. And everyone around mm-hmm. the town has, like, a hashtag, save, <laughs> save Ferris, all over the town. Um, <laughs> I would really love it if they, in some way, go back to that and have everyone in the town kind of be resentful of the fact that everyone thought one of their favorite people were dying. It turns out he was just lying <laughs> uh, to have a day off. I would really love, like, this... I don't know. I'm a big fan of subversive kind of deconstructionist sequels. I think uh, the second Matrix does it really well. Uh, Last Jedi is also a really good example. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man Two is a really good example. Um, I just really like the idea of taking the idea of the first movie and then going, "Well, what does this actually mean?" <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you when you're like thirty years on from this, um, and life has more responsibility to it, and you've got a family and a job and whatever. Um, just uh, I would really love that to get it made and make it 
really surprising and not just like a nostalgia trip sequel. Um, yeah, I think this is a really great. I, I just I always think that making a sequel and making it kind of not the opposite, but more kind of just well, what would that first movie really mean? Is always a really good mm. way of starting it. Um, Empire Strikes Back is like pretty much that. You know, the first example, the first proper example of that really in a blockbuster film. Um, mm. Just, ah, I just really want it. I just think it's a really good idea. <laughs> it is a great idea. I think yeah. to actually, because you can, I think you can still have humour similar to the original. Obviously, you don't want to overload mm. it with it to drown out mm. yeah. what you're trying to say. But I think you can have enough, you could have enough in a sequel like that to make it flow, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For it to not feel completely disconnected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because obviously Ferris Bueller is synonymous with the the, the John Hughes. Like like you said, the the the, the school kid who's fed up of school life, <laughs> kind of thing. And I think you can, you can carry that theme over into the the kind of thing you're talking about. And I think it would be really engaging to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because because at the end of the day, you don't want a sequel for the sake of it. You want a sequel that has a bit of meaning to it and a reason that it was made. Yeah, it's, and I think it would be even. I don't think it's even a terrible idea to actually, in some ways, repeat the first film, like have Ferris Bueller take a day off. But but now it's just a bit different because there's context of he's older. He's not as you know, he's not as charming, I guess, as like a. A young hip guy who's got no responsibility. <laughs> he's more mm. kind of like an actual dad. He has to book himself a day off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's got to like you know, he's not running away from uh, schoolwork. He's running away from his family <laughs> or whatever. Like it's actual. Mm. Like there's a kind of a different meaning when you add that context to it. Um, and I, I think it'll be a really good way of making a sequel that is not just you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how to put it. It's kind of there's so many sequels out there that are just never the first one you love when you were a kid. And we're doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, that just don't really go down well, and we kind of all kind of uh, ignore. Um, even like even yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I kind of and I, I think a really good example is the, the new the latest Ghostbusters film um, with uh, Kirsten Wig and Mr. McCarthy. It was kind of like we're doing this. We're doing the first one again. But we're gonna have a different cast, and we're just gonna change some elements. So I, at the end, it's not gonna be a big uh, uh, marshmallow monster. It's gonna be a big balloon monster. <laughs> like it's just like we're just doing the same thing again. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't get no why. real meaning to it. Yeah, it's just yeah. It was just you know, and um, well, yeah. Have you heard the news about? Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's news, but it's kind of a, a interesting thing. Um, because the son of the new Ghostbusters, the son, oh, hang, the new Ghostbusters film Afterlife, which is coming out at some point, <laughs> um, the guy that's nicknamed that is the son of the guy that made the original film, or yeah, or yeah, at least um, wrote it, I think. Right, right, yeah, Reitman. Yeah, Jason or something Reitman, maybe. Yeah. Um, and the, I think it came out recently that the dad, like the dad of the son that's making the new film, like cried and said he's. Uh, be more proud of his son for making this film, um, mm-hmm. which is quite you know that's quite a, like a, a really nice thing. And something we never really see in the Hollywood system is a f- familial kind of making a sequel to a movie your dad made <laughs> um, mm. and making it your own because the trailer the trailer doesn't really look like anything Ghostbusters ever been before. Um, 
So we, yeah. We have, again, it's only, only good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only other example I can think of is you know the Sopranos re- the se- prequel that's going on. Mm, yeah. That has this cast um, <clears throat> Mike Gandolfi Mike Gandolfi's son as the same character. Mm, yeah. Which I only learned the other day. Yeah, it's because that trailer came off with um, HBO Max and its cinema thing, cinema and mm. HBO Max and thing. Um, and yeah, it was. It was so weird as well because it was like a there was a split second of the new prequel coming out. I think it's called the Saints of New something. <laughs> yes, Newark. Saints, the Saints of Newark. There we go. Yeah. Um, and the guy, well, the you know the son who's playing his father, <laughs> um, is you only see him for like a split second in that trailer of like just different project put together, but like. He was he was walking. I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that's that's Tom Soprano." <laughs> I was like, oh, "This could go down really well if he nails it," and I think he's going to. Um, yeah, just uh, I love the idea of making sequels that are just so they just tear down the first movie. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my idea. <laughs> that's a great idea. Do you I don't think I can top that. You can definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me have a look at what I've got. Um, do you want to? Uh, oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Let's go with kind of a weird one. Now, this this isn't me saying this. It's kind of I don't even know how to describe it mm. because it's a film that I kind of want to see, but at the same time, I don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that is a sequel to Alien Covenant. Huh. Okay. Now, my reason for wanting to see it is, is because you have these two films in Prometheus and Covenant which set up this prequel storyline to Alien. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, the reason that I would want to see this is to just finish it off. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it, just in the back of my mind, it's a state of... but. Are you just gonna leave it there? You're yeah. just gonna walk away. You just you're just gonna get that close. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. just leave it. Because I haven't seen Covenant. I just know. Have you not? I just know like the for some reason I don't know why, but I've watched a ton of videos on it, and I just know what happens. <laughs> um, yeah. So I am aware that the robot kind of takes over the good robot <laughs> um, mm. and creates the aliens. I think. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not my, my sort of animosity towards these films isn't because I don't think they're particularly bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they have enough interesting elements in them to have merit. Mm-hmm. Like, there are interesting enough directions. It's just that the reason I'm sceptical about actually wanting maybe to see this is that Ridley Scott's push to try and make it happen resulted in Neil Blomkamp's film being sidelined sort of thing yeah i forgot about it's that the, it's just the idea that ridley scott in his pursuit of this decent trilogy i'd say mm, yeah i don't think you can say it's great no i'd just describe it as decent it's a pretty perfect like uh prequel problem kind of example yeah 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 it is in that there's only so far you can go hmm yeah like especially with something like Alien, where you have you have Alien perfectly formed in those films, mm-hmm. yet you can't 
really go to that level. Yeah, it's yeah. If that makes sense. It's sort of like it's like having um, it's like having an Avengers film, <laughs> like re- making an Avengers film that's a prequel to the first Avengers film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean, like yeah, you're trying to make a story that's worthwhile enough with enough stakes to want to see it. Mm. Yet knowing you can't really exceed the stakes of the first one. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's also the problem of, I don't really want to know why the alien ship was there and why the aliens were there to begin with. Like, yeah. part of the horror is the, like, it didn't, part of the horror is definitely the mystery of what are these so having a trilogy explain what they are is so weird mm. to me. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's like the these films, these two films, Prometheus and Covenant, they're decent enough films on their own. Mm. But it's just why? Yeah. Why are we seeing this? And and the only, the only reason I would want this to be completed is the sense that is the niggling in the back of my mind in that. This story, we, we've we've spent this much time, and I'm not I'm not going to say we wasted, mm. even if I kind of want to. <laughs> but you've spent all this money instead of spending it on other projects. Yeah, it feels like even more of an insult to the projects that were sidelined for you to not finish it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> and also the fact that Disney now own Fox is kind of a will they fund this movie now because. They're not a big fan of making R-rated movies. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're far from it. Yeah. But, and I think that Ridley Scott, his name isn't what it used to be. That's true. Yeah, he's kind of iffy now. I mean, I, I mean, obviously he still does. He, he has made some iconic films. He's made he made Alien. He made Gladiator. Hmm. But recent years, yeah. Mm, did the Martian. It was pretty good. Yes, he did. He did the Martian. Be fair to him, he did. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he did. Um, but with with these these alien prequels, I think it's best if you just move on. Yeah, and even I don't know what it is about Ridley Scott, but I never got the sense that he really uh, wanted to come back to anything he's made like already. You know, mm. um, it's kind of weird that he has such an obsession with doing these prequels when. He's never really shown that level of interest in the franchise before. Mm, yeah. Like he, I mean, I say only directed, but he didn't write Alien. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> he directed it and then just sort of, because I, I would assume that if a studio is making Aliens or a sequel to Alien, he would have been offered it. Mm, yeah. Unless he, Unless he was busy doing something else. Unless they particularly wanted to go with James Cameron. <laughs> yeah. But he's not shown any other interest in the franchise other than these prequel films. Mm. To the point where Blade Runner 2049 was like, I don't think he had anything to do with that film aside from visiting the set. <laughs> mm. So, I don't know. He's a weird, odd person <laughs> in the sense that his films always are kind of up and down. They always have been, honestly. It's the fact that when he does make a good film, it's like an iconically great film. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, he he's a director that always has the potential to reach the the upper echelons. Yeah, and also I like him as a person. Whenever I hear him talk, I'm like, "You're a funny guy." <laughs> <laughs> Just one of those guys. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's that's sort of that's me done on that one. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. What do I want to get made? <laughs> um, I'm kind of interested in the idea, even though I didn't like the original film at all, really. I don't know if you've seen it, actually. Um, a sequel to Elite Battle Angel. That's one that's sort of circulating on the streaming services. I keep thinking, oh, I've got to get around to that, but I never do. In my opinion, it's not a good film. <laughs> um, it's it, it's all right. It's it's annoying to me because um, it ends with a cliffhanger, but not only is it end with a cliffhanger, it's also the conflict of the film that was... like. It's the, it ends on... Uh, promising that the conflict of this first film will get resolved later on. So it's not even like... Yeah. It's not like, oh, the conflict of this film ended and the arc ended and whatever. It was just... We've half-finished this one movie in a space of two hours. <laughs> um, it's... It's... Yeah, it's... Uh, I appreciated it more than I liked. Uh, actually liked it. It was more... I like the idea that they really went for the whole anime kind of thing. Um, they really, you know, went for the... The, the landscape being so weird and odd and they they really went out like all out on like cartoony Robert Rodriguez action of um just full on physics does not matter and <laughs> everyone's a robot in some way. Um mm. every- I, I don't understand that much about it other than that I think it's, it's Robert Rodriguez, isn't it? It's what? It's Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. Director. But it was meant to be James Cameron. Yeah, but he's busy doing blue people on planet Pandora. Busy doing blue people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. But this film, it's totally, totally fine to me. I think a lot of people, a lot of people actually quite loved it. I think it got, uh, it's kind of like mm. got a cult following, I guess. Um, yeah, that, that's sort of the reason why I keep, I keep thinking I want to get around to it, is that I, I keep saying that quite a few people like it. Yeah, and it, again, it's not terrible. It's just kind of a movie that I was... I was kind of looking forward to it, and then I watched it, and I realised, ah, uh, mm, okay. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it has some issues, and I can't... It was, I've only really seen it... I think I've only seen it once, but it, it did have issues. It was kind of like it was simultaneously really just bare bones in terms of story, but also kind of stuffing it full of different off different books of the manga. So it was like it was kinda of like two books in one, but the actual arcs and story was only like half a movie. <laughs> it was weird. Um but yeah, I want I do kinda of want to get a sequel made to it just to annoyingly to fix the problem of the first movie, which was it didn't end the movie. <laughs> um it just kinda of goes it has like a, it has it has an end point, but it doesn't have a resolution to its own story really it just kind of has a well bad things happened and then the characters moved on i guess but don't don't worry there's a bigger villain that's up at the top of the thing (laughs) and i'll be the sequel um and you know what not the worst i would i mean robert rodriguez i is director who is a very weird director (laughs) actually because he'll make one it... of the weirdest filmographies you'll ever see. So weird. He's the guy behind Spy Kids, but also like Desperado and Summon Lee. Machete, is it? Is he behind Machete? I as think well? so. Yeah, I think so. And I think I think Planet Terror as well, which features a woman with a machine gun, a machine gun leg. 
Um, who could remember that visual? Who could forget that visual? <laughs> um, and every once in a while, he'll direct an episode of Mandalorian. So, you know. Yeah, the man behind the return of Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, like, it's such a weird, weird career that he's had that I just really enjoy. <laughs> but, and I think he would definitely make a sequel to that film because I think he, he would... He did, be... Sorry, he did Sin City as well, I think. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. I think he was like a big pioneering guy in terms of, in terms of um, green screen, even though looking back at the Spy Kids film, especially the third one, which is called Spy Kids 3D. Um, is, <laughs> you know it's good if it's got 3D in the title. Yeah, it's got it's got some rough work in there. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know, it's mortal, it's not it's not so much of like, a, I want to see the movie have a sequel, it's more like, I want to see that first movie actually end. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. A bit like with me with Covenant. Yeah, yeah, you kind of just want to see it end and have the ending that it's meant to have. Um, even though it's not, it's not really a movie that's, that I particularly like. I think it's fine. Um, but a lot of people do love A lot of people do love it. I mean, I imagine for a lot of anime and manga fans, having a American big-budget blockbuster be so heavily manga and anime is like a really satisfying thing for them. So... Yeah, like make the second film that they can. I really hope they 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 do because there's there's a big fan out like a big fan group out there <laughs> definitely. Is. Um, Does James like the film? He hasn't seen it. I don't think he's is seen he it. I don't think he's seen it. Yeah, because James doesn't really watch new films until like two years later. <laughs> <laughs> One of those. <laughs> but yeah, <sighs> interesting sequel idea maybe. Hmm. I'll give it a watch. <laughs> yeah. Not the sequel, obviously, because that doesn't exist. <laughs> and now <it never> will. <laughs> I'll watch it in my mind's eye. Mm. You can write it if you want. Give it a go. Why not? Yeah. Spare time. What could go wrong? So many things. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we move on? Yeah. Um, so, so, since we're sort of on this track, I'm going to gonna go with something similar. I'm going to say... A sequel to Solo. Mm, okay. The the Star Wars spin-off. Yeah. Something we may be kind of getting. Mm-hmm. And uh, that we, we're getting the Lando series, which is a, a sort of a spin-off from um, Donald Glover. Donald Glover? Yeah. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Yeah. <laughs> Donald Glover's... Um, version of Lando, which is great news. Mm-hmm. But Solo is a film that I think we both like. I Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I know. We've spoken again, we've spoken in the past about it. Mm. Um, but it's one that sets up a lot. Mm, yeah. And it leaves a lot unanswered, similar to, like you said, with the, with the leader. Mm. Like, it resolves itself, I think. Mm-hmm. But it also sets a lot up. And the biggest thing for me about maybe getting a sequel to this is that whether it be like a film or a limited series on Disney Plus with like maybe in Lando you see Old Nero and Reich pop up as Han Solo. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the biggest thing is that I feel like with a sequel it would be a lot freer. Yeah. And by that I mean there's a lot that's rammed into Solo which is sort of, <laughs> oh, and this is how he got the gun. Mm-hmm. This is how he got the Millennium Falcon. This is how he met Chewie. This is how he met Lando. Hmm. <laughs> and I think with that done in this first film, you have a lot more room to breathe. Yeah, I would. 
because it does it sets up a lot and it sets up a lot of interesting stuff to do with the crime syndicates mm-hmm. because it's sort of the first major time we see them and i think they're mentioned in the clone wars beforehand mm-hmm. yeah but sort of like crimson dawn and that sort of thing it's the first major time we're shown any of it mm-hmm. and i feel like there's a lot of potential there which i, I hope lando uh, will explore but i feel like like with Han and uh, Amelia Clark's character Kira, mm-hmm. I feel like there's there's a lot of potential there. I I definitely agree. I think it's a shame what happened to that film behind the scenes. Like they were making one film, and then halfway through they went, "Nope, not a film." Mm. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, it's a weird film because I used to think it was kind of just completely average, but I think on rewatch, my latest rewatch of it, uh, like probably about a year ago now, maybe. Um, it was kind of like a weird thing. I was like, oh, this is just really solid, like, all the way through. Not great, but just really, really solid. Um, it definitely has that, that prequel problem of, like, explaining things instead of having it be a story, <laughs> um, which is, like, I don't really care how he got his gun. <laughs> it's a gun in a Star Wars universe. I imagine he bought it. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's filled with so many, some very weird things. Um, but, yeah, I think... I do think that Lando series will have some hand solo parts in it. I can't imagine that it won't do that. Um, it was just an episode. Yeah, and yeah, and um, even because it is quite a popular trending thing, similar to Leader Battle Angel. People want a sequel in some way. Um, so I think they've Disney have definitely heard those requests, requests at least, um, and kind of want to. I don't know because I think I don't. I can't imagine them making the next uh, solo two. Just because it was the first Star Wars film that's not done well, <laughs> um, I mean, it it made more than you know it took to make, but it was also kind of the first one that didn't either. I don't know what it did exactly, but it was definitely kind of like a oh, people aren't just going to come to these movies no matter what <laughs> sort of thing for them. Um, yeah, sort of after after this film, it was sort of. I remember Bob Iger said that there was such a thing as Star Wars fatigue, and sort of the notion of that came after Solo. Mm, yeah, if not, you know, it's announced like ten different shows. Um, yeah, I mean, which yeah, but, yeah. I was gonna say with it, it was the case of why are you doing this? Mm, yeah, this guy literally has four films. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like asking for a Luke Skywalker spin-off. Yeah, it's like not something we want to see because we've seen six, I guess, mm. five films with him. And two cameos. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, again, I feel like they are better right now. Like, if you look at the shows they've announced, they aren't that. They aren't ramming in characters we've already seen loads of. Yeah. With almost all the projects we've had announced, there is room for them, and you can see why they're going there. And there is a story there. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think my, only, my biggest issue with having a second solo film is the problem of the first film from the beginning for me, which always was always, I don't really want to go backwards in time and get told how the character became the character we know, like, or mm. even just like I don't really want to go back to characters that we've already explored pretty well, again. Like I, I just want to, I want to go to the higher public. I want to see what that's all about, and I want to see post episode nine, or maybe see how the first order came about. I don't really want to, you know, see how. Han Solo, who's had three films, four films, I guess, um, became Han Solo. I don't really, 
I don't even want to see Darth Maul movie about how Darth Maul became Darth Maul because we had a TV show about him for quite a while. <laughs> um, it's just kind of, I just want different new things from Star Wars. I don't want to keep on, you know, I don't want to see a, the, a, a Leia Star Wars story. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just don't need it. Um, yeah, it's like like you said, we don't need to know how they became the characters that they are because we've seen them become the characters that they are. Yeah, it's the whole point was that they had a starting point, and we they reached a, a final point. Mm-hmm. It's again, it's a case sort of again sort of like Covenant in which there's only so far you can go. Yeah, it's like we we know where Han is at the start of of a New Hope. Mm-hmm. And you can't really diverge from that too much. Yeah, it's just a really weird way of going about it. And I just, in general, I just don't like the idea of just, well, we have this character that's definitely famous and everyone knows and loves. Therefore, let's just mine that from what it's worth for ages. <laughs> just move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't mind the idea of having Hansel in the Lando show for me. I, th- I think that's the best midpoint of those two ideas of not having it and having it <laughs> um yeah. yeah i agree yeah yeah i'm yeah, yeah have you got another one uh i think my last one for this topic is Ooh, um yeah i think it's the social network <laughs> oh interesting i've seen a little bit about this yeah i think it's i think it's an idea that's been pitched maybe i, mean, I don't know for sure but it's also like was one of my favorite films, and it's one of the probably one of my first films that I ever realized that like, oh, like you know, I love films. <laughs> this is like a hobby or whatever. It's a pretty you know thing. Um, and yeah, I just think it's interesting going back to the idea of this film being the origin of Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, and then going back to that story, but in this time period where he's not a good person and <laughs> like for sure he's definitely not a good person um and there's some data things going on and privacy things and i would love the idea of just taking that idea further and just seeing the kind of i don't know there's something interesting about going back to the story to me um have you seen the social network i haven't it's one again it's another one that i've seen on it's on on at least one form of streaming, and I really desperately need to see it. <laughs> I know people love it. You said you've, you've loved it. I, I see praise for it everywhere. Yeah, there's something, um, and I mean, screenplay is written by Aaron Sorkin, and who's more often than not a really great uh, screenwriter. Um, and combine that with like David Fincher just doing what David Fincher does. <laughs> um, it's just like a, it's just amazingly like pristine near perfect film to me at least and it's just so odd and unique and weird and just it feels like music at some point just because of how well the characters are in sync with the dialogue and there's so many just amazing moments in that film and so many just structural kind of just like masterpiece sort of things you're like ah how do they do this um and yeah i just I want to go back to that world that makes sense, even though it's the real world. <laughs> it's just like a weird thing that I think would just be an interesting idea, you know, a new lens, a new modern lens on what, at that time period when the film got made, was kind of like a, somewhat of like a rags to riches kind of story. And now looking back on it, it's more kind of like, 
this person's not a good person, <laughs> uh, sort of thing. So mm. I feel like it's a really relevant area where you can make a film now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because you can incorporate so much. Because, again, you can say that the world's view on Facebook now is different to how the world viewed Facebook when the social network was made. Yeah, definitely. His role in politics, not saying that it didn't have a role in politics then, but its role in politics now is incredible. (laughs) Not just Facebook, but also Twitter, you know. Not to get political or anything, you know. (laughs) Staying out of all that stuff. (laughs) But we've seen how important it can be. Mm. From something it's from something as as low down as people wanting to raid Area Fifty One <laughs> to organising protests yeah. at a site of to the I know it's not importance and also Facebook but the Reddit thing of like Wall Street and the stock market recently yeah exactly yeah like that's crazy to me and it's insane that this is the world now <laughs> and in some ways <laughs> this is the world we live in yeah and in some ways it's all kind of coming out from, you know, the idea of social media and part of that was Facebook. Um, mm. int- it's like an interesting area to go into. It's just like a, a kind of, again, kind of like a, a, a deconstructionist sequel that kind of goes, well, that first movie. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think this is a really interesting idea to make it. Uh, and it might happen because David Fincher is still working. Aaron Sorkin still working. Dutch Iceberg mm-hmm. is still working. Our, oh, however, we do have the problem of Army Hammer using that first. Yes, one. we do. Which, I mean, I don't think the 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 Winkle Watts, I think that's the name, twins, the characters that he played, do not need to be in this movie. So <laughs> we can just leave them out. Phew. <laughs> Thank God he wasn't playing Martin Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, because God. What a weird turn of events. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, what? Uh, what is this? I don't want to get into it, but at the same time, if you're listening, just Google his name and just go through some of the recent things. <laughs> You'll be able to find them. Don't you worry. Yeah. Yeah. God. It's so weird. Phew. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think I probably have one more. If... Mm-hmm. If you, want, if you want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's sort of a minor one. There's been talks of it, I think. It's been mentioned, or at least thrown about a little bit. Again, it's unlikely to happen because of what Tom Cruise is doing at the moment. You know, he's pretty busy mm-hmm. throwing himself off things in the name of Mission Impossible. <laughs> but uh, maybe a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Or Eat, Live, Die, Repeat, as it... I think it is in some places. One of, yeah, I don't know what, what that, the title is anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I, I really like the original film. Mm-hmm. Great performance from Tom Cruise, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very clever... Like a clever... Um, my words have escaped me. <laughs> a clever uh, principle mm-hmm. and, and prospect. And... I think it'd be interesting to see the world after the events of that film. Yeah. Because sort of, the, it's a victory at the end of the film, mm-hmm. but it's not the end, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of like, we resolved this, but not the big problem, maybe. <laughs> mm. See, if, if you don't know, it's about, oh, how do I even explain this? <laughs> I mean... It's about aliens that invade Earth and Tom Cruise is fighting against them. And he's meant to be some sort of 
army PR person that gets thrown into the battlefield and then he gets infected with some sort of thing that whenever he dies it resets the clock mm. on the day or something like that and they have to figure a way of stopping this impossible army march alien army march mm. I thought it was, I thought it was really good use of aliens like the, the actual aliens are really unique they're kind of like the venom from spider-man <laughs> don't make that a comparison <laughs> um yeah i think it's a really fascinating one which has such room to grow into hmm. and you know with with sort of if even if you have done it you could do it like 10 years later or something where the war's been won but you could make it about the battlefield and what's left of it and you can make it like a really powerful sort of war type thing yeah that consequence of the war consequence of their destruction but yeah i think there's plenty of room for that if they were to make it am i right in thinking it was based on something i think it's based on an anime maybe or mm. banga maybe it's yeah it's something yeah. like i think the actual original title from the manga was live die repeat and then they mm. said Edge of Tomorrow, and then they went back on the back on that name for some reason. Um, I always, I always love the way people uh, people the director described the film, <laughs> but he said like it was like it's like a, a it's Groundhog Day mixed in with Seven Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a pretty perfect way of describing it, I think. <laughs> um, uh, I, oh, it's written by Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah, yeah, it was part of like the early on stages of their them two being like the duo that they are <laughs> um yeah because i think i mean i think uh chris McQuarrie rewrote quite a lot of the fourth best possible film which is a brad bird brad bird movie um and then he made jack reacher with him and then mm-hmm. he made two of the best action films of the century <laughs> mm-hmm. agreed yeah so you know pretty good <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow is based on it's I'm nervous it's based on a novel called All You Need Is Kill <laughs> by Hiroshi Sakurazaka. Cool. <laughs> that's a actually a pretty good name. I like that name. <laughs> it's a cool name. Yeah. Um yeah. it could do like a cuz I I know I can't I, just, I, I don't know where I heard this from but it's like kind of an early on idea for Back to Future, Back to Future Part 2. Or instead of being time travel, it's going to be something else. So it would be like mm-hmm. the same characters, but in different scientific wacky situation. Um, yeah. So like, I think it'd be interesting if Edge of Tomorrow Two or whatever it is is kind of like doing the same. Edge of Yesterday. Edge of Yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's. I I think it'd be interesting if they add a new element that's not Groundhog Day to the same characters. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. That, so there is something there for that for that series definitely. You could have them maybe like be able to forecast the future or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it could be something like that. It could be. Yeah, you, you could you could maybe have it that um, everybody that had use of the time travel thing in Robbie Groundhog Day mystic thing hmm. are able to see flashes of the future. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I don't. That's just like one of those things where they can just do anything they want. Really, <laughs> I think. Um... Yeah, you have a lot. It's a very unique world, and you have a lot of room hmm. to move into. And it has like those solid main characters that get us to care about hmm. coming back, I guess. Um, yeah, but hopefully, would. But yeah, and Tom Cruise being 
the producer starts acting like he is, we'll just make it happen. <laughs> He'll just come to the studio and start laughing and saying, we're going to make it, guys, we're making it. <laughs> <laughs> so he can do it. <laughs> yeah. That'll be a good, that'll be a good sequel. That's what I want. Mm. Yeah, that's sort, of, that's sort of my last one. <clears throat> if, uh, unless you, you have anything you want to add at the end of this? Um, not really. I think we've went through all the big ones that I definitely want to see in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it to me. <laughs> good, good. Okay. Okay. That was a really interesting topic. That we went down plenty of rabbit holes. Yeah, we kind of, <laughs> we kind of more s- than normal scattered around some places. <laughs> we reviewed Joker for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did. We reviewed Joker and we talked about Army Hammer. Yeah, which is the topic. <laughs> anyway, would you like to would you like to bring us home? Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, you have listened to the Marvel Tunnel podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. You can give us a review on whichever place you're listening on if they do reviews. <laughs> um, uh-huh. uh, yeah, so at the moment on Instagram, we are at Marvel Tunnel podcast and we are reviewing the Pixar movies at the moment. Uh, also, just in between that, random opinion posts, other reviews, some anime reviews from James. Um, mm mm-hmm. We have a Twitter account at Cinema Marvelous, at Cinema Marvelous, where we are doing the exact same thing, essentially, just, you know, on Twitter. Um, um, and yeah, we do daily reviews and weekly, weekly podcasts. Um, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed this. If you have any, you know, sequels that you want to see get made, maybe leave it in the comments of the Instagram post or the whatever you can. <laughs> um, let us know. So yeah, thank you for listening. Mm, thank you very much for listening.